The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? Uh, Tabernak. That was um, <laughs> that might have been the worst game of the of the season so far. It, it just might have been the worst game of the season. I know there's been worse scores, like they've lost games by by worse scores for sure. But I think that was the worst game of the season. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes on the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am not even pissed off anymore. I'm, I'm not even pissed off anymore. I'm just, I'm exasperated. I don't, I don't know what to say about that game. I definitely don't want to go through the, the process of recapping it, that's for sure, but Let's let's talk about it a little bit because the first period was honestly not bad. Uh, the Habs actually outshot the Sabers. Uh, they put 15 pucks on goal. Uh, they get out of the period 1-1. I mean, the the two goals that were scored, you had a, a giveaway by Arturi Lekin in his own zone that the Sabers capitalized on, and Tage Thompson scored. And then you had a giveaway by Jeff Skinner in the Sabers zone that Josh Anderson capitalized on and scored on. So mistakes were costly, right? Uh, any mistake you made had a good chance of jumping in, but really, there's only two mistakes. And uh, if if they played 40 more minutes like that, I think they, you know, I don't know if they win, right? But they definitely, like, do they lose 4-1? I don't think so. I think at least it's close. It's an entertaining game. But what they did instead was the complete fucking polar opposite of playing the way they did in the first period. In the second period. They had two shots on goal in that period. Two shots. Two shots. This in a period where they also got a, a four-minute power play from a high stick. Jake Evans bleeding out of his mouth. So they call it. They give him the four minutes. And the Habs do nothing with it. And not only do they do nothing. Not only do they do nothing with a four-minute power play. They actually let Kyle Ocposo score a shorthanded goal. Where he had to, he took a backhand shot, a shitty rebound let out by Montembeau, and he goes collects his own rebound. Nobody's d'ing him up whatsoever. Puts it in the net, and at that point, the Sabers were already up two one going into that power play. This was like a golden opportunity for them to tie up the game. And what do they do? Well, not only are we not going to tie up the game, uh, we're going to allow a, a shorthanded goal. Uh, my God, just brutal. And then. You know, third period. Uh, at this point, the Habs are when once the Habs fall down two, they're basically useless, right? Basically useless. They <clears throat> basically stop playing. Um, and third period, you know, they did a little bit better in the second period. The second period, honestly, uh, and I don't want to sound over dramatic. I think it was one of the worst periods of hockey I've ever watched. Uh, it's up there for sure. It's got to be in in the top 
5% of shitty periods of hockey that I've watched in my entire life. Um, just brutal. But the third period, you know, it got a little bit better. But even if you take the second and third period together, like they have 15 shots in the first period, they didn't get another 15 shots in the next 40 minutes after that. So like what, what happened in the first intermission? Did you go in there and just say, all right, guys, we're, we're tied 1-1, let's play for overtime? What, what, what was said in that room? Why did they come out and just immediately, immediately look like a different team? I don't understand it. I'm Again, I don't, I don't want to get into a, a fire everybody rant again, but like this, this, for me, this boils down to coaching. I mean, Jeff Petrie had a giveaway that allowed the second goal for the Sabres. He gave it away uh, at, at the offensive blue line. He kind of skated around behind the net. Uh, up towards the blue line and then didn't know where he was going to go with it and this is by the way he had like a a carbon copy of that same giveaway in a previous game I forget which one but I know it was a very similar giveaway with him coming up towards the blue line just not knowing where to go with the puck and then losing it and it, it leads to a goal and there's no consequences for him he doesn't get benched like I I understand he's one of your higher paid defensemen and like I, I get it you you want to use them but like where are the consequences right why, why are you as a coach like Matthias Norlander was getting severely limited in terms of minutes uh, I'd have to go and check and see exactly how many minutes he played and and I'm gonna do that I'm gonna go uh, to natural statric shameless natural statric plug love that website and let's scroll down and take a look at the f- I'm just gonna look at five on five ice time Right, so if we look at five on five ice time, Matthias Norlander played thirteen minutes and fifteen seconds. Right, Jeff Petrie played sixteen minutes and nineteen seconds. Matthias Norlander did not give the puck away, allowing a ridiculous goal against that didn't have to happen. Right, I, I, I this is it, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, I, I still think Petrie's playing hurt, but like. Even if he is playing hurt, right, and he's, like, trying to hide an injury from you or something, or maybe, uh, you know what, let, let me give Shadow some credit. I'll say, what if maybe he doesn't know that Jeff Petrie's playing hurt, right? But then he, there has to be consequences for that shit. You can't just have a giveaway like that and be like, oh, well, you're still going to get your regular amount of minutes. Huh. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what it would take to fix this team at this point. I really don't. I Where's Jeff Molson at? I was asking that last game, right? What are you going to do? Are you going to fire anybody? Are you going to fire the GM that put that coach in his place? Sign him for three years? Hmm? What are we going to do? Oh, no, we're just going to blame the players, right? RDS was doing it. Like, Benoit Brunet was on um, the intermission, and he's like, I feel bad for them, and they shout because, you know, the players are uh, they are just not out there. They're not executing. It's like, well, yeah, they're not executing, but, like, at the same time, Look at the first period. What, why is there such a big gap between the first and the second? Is that all the players? Is it really? I don't believe you. I don't. I just, like, I, I know a lot of the people that are on Team Tank, right? Team Tank. Like I've said before, I'm kind of finding myself more and more uh, leaning towards Team Tank. Um but like Bergevin said, you know, the players are never going to intentionally lose games. So I don't think they're intentionally losing games. But the good news here is that they are losing them, right? So if you're on Team Tank, they are gradually 
getting a better and better chance at the first overall pick, right? But even if they get the first overall pick, even if they get Shane Wright, okay, do you honestly, does anybody really think that he comes in and immediately this team is respectable? Not unless there's sweeping changes everywhere else. And yes, this is me one more time saying, general manager, he's got to go. Coach, he's got to go. Take Luke Richardson, he's got to go. Like, really, I, I would probably fire the entire coaching staff at this point because they're so brutal. Look at that power play. Like, they have a four-minute power play and literally can do absolutely nothing with it. And they have talent. Like, they have talent on that unit, right? Uh, you have Cole Caulfield. You have Nick Suzuki. You have Brendan Gallagher. Like, you have some pretty shifty defensemen. Like, you don't have Shea Weber anymore, so you don't have that clapper to, to lean on like they used to. But, like, they have talent. How is it possible that their power play is that bad? It doesn't make sense. And again, I, I put that on coaching. But, like, again, if we get the first overall pick, we get Shane Wright. If nothing else changes in the organization, then he's just going to be a blue-chip prospect trying to make his way on a shitty team. And I, I do believe, like, I've, I've seen that kid play. I think he is, as advertised, a, a first overall surefire thing. That's what I think, you know, I mean, but Christ, I mean, I, I, I don't see this Montreal team being competitive just because they get one blue chip prospect that could maybe come into your lineup right away. I don't. They need sweeping changes everywhere else. And that's it. Um, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, I guess I, I have to give a silver lining, right? I said I would give a silver lining um, in every game, no matter how bad things get. Uh, and it's extremely tough in this game. Extremely tough in this particular game to come up with any kind of silver lining. Uh, but I'm going to give it a shot here. All right. I'm going to say Josh Anderson. Why Josh Anderson? Well, the Montreal Canadiens' leading scorer as of right now is Josh Anderson. And uh, look, I think the contract they have him on, if he can keep producing at a rate like this, uh, is going to look pretty good, right? He could be a part of your of your rebuild, right? He could be a player that you definitely don't want to trade. Um, he's not a perfect hockey player by any means, but, you know, skates real fast, shoots real hard, uh, hits real hard. I mean, it, it, it's hard not to like him, right? It's hard not to. And I just, I hope that he can keep producing at a rate like this because it would be interesting uh, to see um, you know, how he fits in with a bit of a rebuild here, especially if they do get a high draft pick and they get a blue chip prospect and come in right away. Who knows, right? I think he could be an interesting part of it. But again, you know, if they don't make some major changes in this organization, they're not going to be successful no matter what kind of rebuild they're trying. I, I really don't think the people in place that would be hypothetically controlling that rebuild are any good. I don't think they can do it. I don't believe in them. Anyways, I'm going to stop there. we got another game tomorrow. So I'm going to be back in action tomorrow night with another episode. I'm sick again. So I'm, I'm going to cut this one a little bit short. We're running what? Uh, just over 11 minutes. We're going to get close to 12 minutes. So soirée pas mal typique pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Uh, like I said, game tomorrow night, so I'm right back at you uh, on Saturday night. 
As always, thank you very much for listening and à la prochaine.